Welcome to the vodcast. After three years of un-American censorship on social media platforms, which are in the digital age what the town square was in the days of the founding fathers, and Elon Musk purchasing Twitter and making it a free speech platform, free speech has rarely been as discussed and debated as it has recently. Oddly, there is today a divide in America on what free speech actually is. I thought we might explore that today. The Dr. Reality Vodcast with Dave Champion. Let's start with this. Free speech in the era of the Founding Fathers was predominantly political in nature. The reason it was predominantly political is that was the only form of speech the Crown had any interest in punishing. It was the British government punishing subjects of the Crown, who lived in the colonies, that was the impetus for the Founders to include the First Amendment in the Bill of Rights, and that is why the First Amendment only prohibits the government from silencing the American people. But let's move away from the First Amendment and discuss whether free speech is something Americans actually want. In other words, is free speech a part of who we are as Americans? Or is it something we only care about if government attempts to silence us? If others attempt to silence us, do we, as Americans, shrug our shoulders and say, that's acceptable? One of the reasons I'm nonpartisan is I've noticed over the years that political parties and those who invest themselves in parties often claim to respect unalienable rights, but in reality are all too happy to violate your rights if they perceive in doing so there's a political advantage to their party or their belief system. The political divide concerning free speech has perhaps never been apparent as it has since Musk bought Twitter. For the last three years, the political right has been saying Twitter used its power to silence users with significant bias against those on the right. And it appears from the first two releases of what are being called the Twitter files that the right was Right. Twitter's censorship employees were doing exactly that, disproportionately silencing those on the right. Musk has said he wants Twitter to be a place where everyone of any political persuasion or no political persuasion can say their piece. This has infuriated the left, and I suppose I can understand. If your side has been suppressing the speech of your political adversaries, you loved that and thought that's how it was going to be in America moving forward, and then the censorship of opposing views came to an end, I can see how it would be upsetting to have to return to a level playing field and engage in the open competition of ideas in which everyone has a voice. So, where are we now? At this point, at least in terms of Twitter, we have the political right that is cautiously optimistic about free speech on Twitter, and we have the left that is beside themselves that one of America's three major social media platforms is going to allow everyone to have a voice. But there is a third group. That group is people who assert that because Twitter still has rules about content, it's not really free speech. These folks take an absolutist view. Their perspective is, if Twitter disallows any speech at all, Twitter is then not a free speech platform. Let's examine that position. We'll start by looking at what Twitter disallows. I'm not going to read the list word for word because it would make this presentation boring and far longer than it needs to be, but I will put the link to Twitter's rules page in the notes so you can read them for yourself. Before I get started, as a side note, 
under Musk, Twitter's explanation of prohibited conduct and the steps Twitter may take when prohibited conduct occurs is considerably more clear and transparent than either Facebook or YouTube, both of which continue to engage in communist-style suppression of speech. So, Twitter's rules disallow the following. Planning or coordinating criminal activities. Threatening violence against any individual or group. Engaging in child sexual exploitation. Targeting an individual with harassment. Encouraging a person to commit suicide. Sharing excessively violent material or pornography. Revealing a person's private contact information without the person's consent. Sharing intimate images of another without that person's consent. Spamming other users. Interfering in elections by misleading people about when, where, or how to vote. Impersonating individuals, groups, or organizations. Posting images that have been altered to make them look like they're from real news outlets when they're not. And lastly, posting items that violate federal copyright or trademark laws. So, let me ask you, did you hear anything in that list that would prohibit intellectual thought? Nothing in Twitter's rules could remotely be construed as prohibiting intellectual thought. If we distill Twitter's restrictions down to their core, the rules say you can't act like a douchebag. And because acting like a douche is the only way to get suspended on Twitter since Musk took over, I laugh when I see a person, it's, it's always men, claim they were just suspended from Twitter. In short, when guys say they were just suspended from Twitter, they aren't saying anything bad or problematic about Twitter. They're admitting they're douchebags. But what of concerns about misinformation? First and foremost, let me point out that in terms of SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, and the vaccines, the top purveyors of disinformation have been and continue to be the very agencies and institutions, platforms like Facebook, YouTube, and pre-Musk Twitter held to be the arbiters of truth. Worse yet, Facebook and YouTube are still doing it. As long as platforms like Facebook and YouTube engage in communist-style censorship, using the most prolific liars as their touchstone of truth, there is no way to have a credible or meaningful discussion concerning misinformation. In short, when platforms point to prolific liars as the source of all truth and claim the truth-tellers are the liars, the game is rigged and there's no reason to waste a second of your time discussing it. That said, we can discuss the matter on a personal level without making it about platforms. In other words, instead of having platforms suppress speech, how might we address posts we find problematic or users we see as non-credible? The broad strokes are these options. We can choose to take our time to counter someone's non-factual content. We can ignore a person's non-factual content because it's not worth our time to engage. Or, we can disassociate ourselves from that person by no longer following them or blocking them. Pretty simple, streamlined stuff. It's called being an adult. But some folks, particularly those on the left, don't want to be adults. Instead, they want to run to mommy and have mommy make the bad people stop doing the bad things. Aside from the childishness of that mentality, the practical problem is who is a bad person, or what constitutes bad things, is subjective. 
You can imagine how different the public's perception would have been during 2020 and 2021 if thousands of eminent professionals hadn't been silenced by platforms because those professionals were disputing the disinformation put out by the establishment. Scientific studies today inform us that virtually everything the public was told by the establishment concerning SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, and the vaccines was false. And yet that false narrative was protected by platforms like YouTube, Facebook, and pre-Musk Twitter using communist-style censorship. Phrased another way, those platforms made sure all reasonable debate was blocked. It makes a person wonder how many deaths those platforms are responsible for by blocking users from getting the truth. And I remind you, Facebook and YouTube still engage in communist-style censorship to ensure only one voice can be heard, the voice of those spreading disinformation. Is it worth your time to argue with a person on social media who claims SARS-CoV-2 was caused by 5G cellular towers? It certainly isn't worth my time, nor is there any reason for me to associate further with such a person. That said, I admit I spend way too much time correcting people on social media concerning their non-factual statements. Most of their non-factual assertions are the result of the person being highly partisan and repeating stupid shit they've heard from another partisan moron. Non-factual statements are a lot more rare when emotion isn't involved. And of course, partisanship is highly emotional. In the final analysis, Americans do not need and should not want to run to mommy when they hear or read something with which they disagree, even vehemently. The idea that anyone who is unhappy with something someone said needs a mommy to go make the bad words go away is repulsive. You may be aware that some celebrities have tweeted they're leaving Twitter because under Musk, Twitter will no longer act as their mommy. To that, I can only say, good, leave. Those celebrities leaving will only make Twitter a healthier, more robust community. The end of censorship at Twitter will be a breath of fresh air to presenters on YouTube. When Musk initiates monetization, which will occur when he completes building out the infrastructure to natively host long videos. In other words, video presenters will be able to make money sharing content just as they do now, but on a platform where they don't have to fear being demonetized or removed for speaking their conscience. When Musk ends the 280 character limit, Facebook users can move to Twitter where they will have the same experience they had using Facebook. But the platform won't be a place where mommy and daddy will send you to your room for being bad. <laughs> and when it comes to Facebook being bad, generally means speaking the truth about a subject concerning which Facebook is a co-conspirator in protecting the lie. Who is it among us that is wise enough to decide who gets to be heard and who does not? The answer, of course, is no one is that wise, which is why free speech is so critical to a nation of free men and women. That said, even if there was someone wise enough to make that determination, it certainly would not be the politically biased, virtue-signaling twits employed for that purpose by Facebook and YouTube. Censorship at the institutional level, such as Facebook, YouTube, and pre-Musk Twitter, is really about exercising political power. At the level of the individual, it's all about arrogance. Those who run to mommy to silence the words of others believe they are made of a finer cloth than the rest of us. They believe they are so much more intelligent, aware, compassionate, 
prescient than are others, that the very act of publicly disagreeing with them justifies your voice being silenced. I don't believe that people really grasp, yet, what a profound shift occurred when Musk purchased Twitter and made it a free speech platform, a true digital age town square. As Musk dramatically alters Twitter into his vision of what he calls Twitter 2.0, and people see how that diminishes the annual revenue and future earnings potential of communist censorship platforms like Facebook and YouTube, people will then understand how momentous Musk's actions have been in the fight to preserve free speech. I've always kept a wary eye on those who would silence the truth that conflicts with lies told by the establishment because I've authored two books that do exactly that. They reveal the truth about the most pernicious disinformation campaigns taking place in America. One robs you of your wealth, the other of your health. I'm the author of Income Tax, Shattering the Myths, and Body Science. I'm going to give you a brief description of both of those, and then I'm going to tell you about the special I'm running for the holiday season, so bear with me for just a moment. First of all, Income Tax, Shattering the Myths. It explains in a super easy-to-understand manner. It takes the law all the way from 1895 forward to, as we're talking right now, laid out in a super easy-to-understand way, and shows you conclusively, without, without anyone even being able to argue against it, conclusively, the Congress has never imposed the income tax on the ordinary average working American. Never. Uh, the guy who or the gal who gets up in the morning, has a cup of coffee, makes a little breakfast, gets the kids off to school, goes to work, does whatever they do for a living and earns money. Congress has never imposed the income tax on you. And the only reason you believe it's true is because you are the victim of the Almost certainly, the largest disinformation campaign, in far scale is concerned, in the history of the United States government, and I think arguably very much so, the most successful disinformation campaign. Because of that disinformation campaign and how successful it is, you believe that the income tax applies to the ordinary Americans. And the only reason you believe that is you've listened to them. Let me ask you this. How many words of actual tax law have you read? Right, the answer is none. But somehow... You've convinced yourself that the government's disinformation is true. So income tax shattering the mist gives you an opportunity to look for yourself, to see the law. It's, what, 400 pages? A super easy. It's a, I don't want to say it's a quick read. That would probably be an exaggeration. Um, but it's not as challenging as I think some people imagine it would be. There's not a single American in the country who cannot fully understand exactly what it says, how it's laid out, what all the information is. Uh, as a matter of fact, in the 12 years it's been out now, it's got nothing less, as far as reviews are concerned, for out of five stars, and most of the reviews are five star. So that should give you an idea how your fellow Americans feel about it when they've read it. Body science, again, I'm gonna give you the special in just a moment, so bear with me. Body science, the same thing. You probably heard me say this before, America is the most chronically ill society in all of mankind's history. Uh, despite our medical prowess, despite our wealth, our technology, our science, Americans, America as a society, remains the most chronically ill people in all of human history. Why? Is it because you're an idiot? No! Just like the income tax. You've not looked at the science, you've not seen how physiology truly works, but you believe all the stuff you see in the media and have for the last 60 years. And I don't mean any offense by that, because you're not seeing the real information. You're just seeing the disinformation that has led America to be the most chronically ill society in history. So. 
you read body science, it lays out the, the history of the disinformation curve, how it began, how it grew, who, who the players were, how they amplified the message. And you can literally see, after the government got involved, how chronic disease in America exploded because it was a disinformation campaign. Then body science goes on to explain how human physiology really works. And again, just like income tax shattering the myths with the law, it lays out the science in a way that every single person can understand. When it comes to body science and those reviews, is it four out of five stars? No, every single review has been five out of five stars. That should give you some confidence in how your fellow Americans feel about body science. Now, the special. Through midnight on December 25th, if you purchase anything on the drreality.news website, drreality.news, I'm going to pick up the shipping for you. That's my gift to you for the holidays. Also, a little further added gift. If your order contains income tax shattering myths or body signs or both, I will inscribe and autograph them. Who is that rock star who just got caught using an auto pen? Something that signs, <laughs> that inscribes and autographs the book without you even being in the room. It's a computerized. I don't do that, okay? Every single thing that you buy from me, when I tell you I'm going to inscribe an autograph, I, I legitimately sit down at the table with a stack of books and I inscribe them to you and I autograph them for you personally. So, under the holiday special, you will get free shipping. And if you buy Income Tax Shattering the Mist or Body Science, it will be inscribed or autographed. And these are utterly fantastic. If, I mean, well, I, I think they're utterly fantastic, not because I'm the author, but because I value truth. As an American, I want to know these things. As, as a human being, I want to know the information that's in body science. All, what are we, 8 billion people now? All 8 billion people on the planet should be reading body science. As far as income tax shattering the missus is concerned, I value truth and I value property rights. And I value mine and yours equally. So that's why I consider it such an amazing gift. So if you go to drreality.news right now, go ahead and place your order. At checkout, enter the coupon code SANTA, and you will get the free shipping. I will inscribe your book or books, and I will autograph them for you as well. Have a fabulous holiday season. Thanks for hanging with me. Take care. I'll talk to you soon.